Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Today, as usual, when I'm here, I'm with Mark. So how's it going, Mark? It is going great, as usual. How are you? Not bad, not bad. And I just wanted to address the fact that there was no podcast last week, actually. Mark and I produced a lot of podcasts recently, especially with the launch. There was one per day for a while. So we needed a little bit of a break. That's why there was no podcast last week, but it should be back on the regular now. So don't worry, we're not dropping off or anything like that. And uh, the fact that this podcast is here today is here to prove that. And today we are talking about building and maintaining a community, you know, why you would want to do that. Essentially, like it's building another avenue of interacting with your readers other than maybe your blog comments or no comments on your Facebook posts or your social media or whatever. And uh, I think it's something that a lot of uh, affiliates ignore because it's not directly tied to revenue, right? But I think if you want to scale up to like stage two, stage three authority sites and eventually sell your own stuff or even just build the trust to sell other people's products, it's kind of a step that needs to be taken. And it's also something that I like to consider when we pick a niche these days, because, for example, I think that for health ambition, it's definitely challenging for us to build a, a, a community. And that's why it doesn't exist necessarily, because the topic is so broad and so on. So considering people with similar interests is actually quite important when you do these communities. But let's start with the beginning. So why would you want to build a community? Do you want to start? Yeah, so I mean, you kind of already said it in a way, but like your people who are super interested in your topic, in your site, in you personally, want to know more, want to consume more of your content, want to interact with you. These people are the people who are most likely going to buy stuff either directly from you or through your affiliate links, people products you recommend. So it makes sense, doesn't it, to to sort of have all those people in one place where you can kind of like direct them and, you know, interact with them and provide more value to them so that they will exist in your community yeah i think there's also some kind of like something that people don't necessarily think about but i see a lot on authority hacker pro these days to be honest i haven't been very active in the last week in on h pro but people actually provide value to each other right mm-hmm. and it's done under under your brand which is really cool essentially like you know your readers are like helping each other and it's like, for us, it's happening under, under Authority Hacker. Or it could happen under your brand if you did it. And overall, like, you know, you become part of their world, especially, and we're going to talk about different platforms in a second, but like if you build it on Facebook and say your community has your logo on it, then like all these discussions related to the niche will have like your logo. And it's also kind of like that exposure to your brand that it's bringing like a lot through doing that. So Yeah, and to be honest as well in that situation, it doesn't always work like this, but it can save you some time on support. If, you know, the same questions keep coming up over and over again, you know, having to answer them again and again in like a, you know, support ticket system versus having other people answer them for you in the a Facebook group in our case or whatever, maybe a forum, something like that can actually save you time, though you have to be careful because you, you're you also sacrificing a bit of control over what content and what answers go go out there as well. So yeah. that can also take extra time in some cases. It's kind of like accepting guest posts without really editing them, you know? <laughs> so you got to trust the people in there. And I think that's going to also fit a debate we're going to have a little bit later. But yeah, actually mentioning that, I want to thank all the people that answer all the, a lot of questions on HPro, by the way. So like my, Mark Jenner, Alistair, 
all these guys they're really helping out quite a bit so michael gillipsy as well is really cool so yeah, and if i didn't mention i, I just want to say something as well actually um we're actually look we so we use this tool to pull all of the data out of the facebook group when we're getting rid of like uh old members that were no longer h pro members and in doing so, like we never actually used it, but there are some really interesting stats, like who the most active members were, and it like pulls all sorts of cool data and that. So maybe we'll do some kind of uh, poster, uh, something around that soon. Hall, as Hall well. of Fame, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leaderboard. <laughs> yeah, another thing that I I think can be advantageous, especially for like people that are maybe earlier in the in their websites that don't have a product yet or something like that is that you can treat your Facebook group if it's engaged, like a traffic source, right? Mm-hmm. And I know Stuart from Niche Hacks does that a lot, right? He has a really big Facebook group. He engages with them a lot, and he puts quite a lot of energy. Like, he pays people to, like, moderate it and, like, also add debates, etc. So he's really quite involved in that, but he's actually using that in his affiliate promotions, and it's a really, really powerful traffic source, more so than many people's Facebook pages, for example. So these communities, they tend to, like, you know, not be as... The newsfeed mechanism, especially on Facebook, is definitely, like, favoring groups over pages very often. Mm-hmm. And as a result, like, if you're organic traffic from Facebook, maybe your group is the right way to go. And and since that traffic is warm, it's it's very likely to convert, actually. So... One of the best ways to do organic social media marketing. Another really good thing I like is it's actually a place for you to be in touch with your niche. Obviously, you could be part of other communities, but like I learn a ton from our Facebook groups, and also I get a lot of content ideas from there. A lot of the podcast ideas that uh, we're coming up with, I like to believe we're trying to like be closer to the reality of people building websites. The reason why is not because we're geniuses, is because we actually have that group and we're looking at what people talk about. And it's, for example, we had the rebranding one recently, but a lot of people, you know, they had a, a shitty review site they wanted to transfer to like a more our reputable website, but they wanted to not lose what they did. And so that's what gave us the idea for that podcast, for example, which is the previous one on the list right now. And that's not something we came up with. It's something that we saw people discuss several times there. And we're like, yeah, okay, let's address that. And so in terms of creating content, you know, like keyword research, powerful, etc. But especially when you have an engaged community. So if you have a decent social following or if you have that Facebook group or that forum or whatever, you know, creating content that also engages that audience is, is equally important to creating content that will rank in Google. If you can combine both, it's great, but it's not always the case. Uh, and we do that a lot on Tori Hacker, like almost half the posts deliberately don't have a very interesting keyword targeted. They're just here to keep you guys engaged essentially and really talk about the stuff that maybe other people don't talk about. Yeah. Um, so another way yeah, of thinking of it as well is, and we'll talk about the different ways of doing it. There are, you know, you have free groups, but in the case of authority hacker pro, the, the group there, it's, you, you have to have bought our course in order to, to get it to be in there. So you're automatically segmenting everyone in there into your customer base. So those are everyone in there is a paying customer. So what they want is most likely going to be what, other potential customers who haven't bought yet also want. So it can really help you channel your content um, if you're polling people for ideas and stuff like that or into you know something which can be very valuable for you, which you wouldn't have otherwise known if you were just going to you know ask your entire audience. Yeah, it's, it's just nice. It's just a group of people to go to. And also when we have ideas, so for example, uh, we started doing reviews with Lewis on Atari Hacker, 
you know, we, we really buy these tools and try to spend a lot of time using them, etc. And they do come in batches, right? So, um, like, we just released the outreach tool one, and there's actually th- uh, three posts are released on the same day, like individual reviews and roundups, etc. But they all interact with each other. And so, one of my dilemmas was like, well, do I, you know, flood the blog feed with like three posts at once, or do I? wait or do I like put posts in between etc and these kind of dilemmas that you will have with your site as well well you can just create a poll on your community and ask people and people vote and then you can go for that it's the same with uh, which blueprints we do next as well I always I try to have a poll like a couple times a year to see what we should be working on so people happy with what's coming it's really like a great place to essentially serve your audience better by learning more about them but I think we have a bunch of other stuff to talk about so Basically, building a community is definitely a good idea. It can be good for affiliates. It's also great if you're going to be selling your products, maybe even better. Now, there is different formats for communities. So let's talk about the different formats. And I'd say let's talk first about free versus paid, right? So, you know, why would anyone go free? Why would anyone charge for it? What do you think? So, I mean, the simple answer to this is you get more people in the free one, and uh, uh, which is good in a way. But for a paid one, it's good. it tends to be smaller but higher quality. So to get into the specifics of that, when you first start out, it can be, especially if you're not selling your products or you know channeling people in that way, it can be quite difficult to build a paid community initially. I mean, even if you are selling your own products, if you're unless you're doing like a big launch where you're getting you know a lot of people in in a short space of time, it can lack that sort of critical mass that it needs to take off. With a paid one so if you don't have enough people in it you know and it's kind of like just tumbleweed in there all day then people aren't going to value it and people aren't going to participate in it and then it's going to drop off their facebook feed or they're going to stop visiting it if it's a forum whatever the other side of the the argument with uh with free ones is that while it may be easier to get a lot of people in very quickly you know you can email out your list and say hey join this group uh, we actually did that with an old group that we had but we sort of let it go after a while after yeah. we opened Authority Hacker Pro. And it's a difficult one, actually, because, you know, when you have a paid group, then what's the difference between the paid and the free one? So we just decided to stop having a free one, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing with the free one, as I said, you can get a lot of people in there, so you can reach that critical mass much faster, <laughs> which can be good, and especially good if you, if you don't have a, a product. But the quality, I mean, you really have to work a lot harder in order to, to maintain that. You know, have a lot more sort of just straight out spam, people promoting their own products and, you know, links and stuff like that. People asking, not that it's bad, but like, like if people are asking two sort of like newbie-ish questions, uh, you know, how do I install WordPress or something, that can often put a lot of people off who are more experienced in, in kind of dis- discussing things. Results in lower quality discussions. And also I found that people are, can be a lot less sort of open so the good thing about the Authority Hacker Pro group is there's a lot of people sort of, not everyone, but a lot of people like sharing their sites and talking about things that, that worked for them and like really being, giving a lot of value in there. Whereas at least the the kind of open Facebook groups or open communities that I've seen, while that does happen, I'd say like the amount of value per person is given is probably a considerable amount lower. Yeah, the thing with paid is it's it's hard to sell, right? Especially like if you just have that. I know like forums like Stack That Money actually do it, mm-hmm. but the thing is they usually need to come with side value, right? So 
even if it's just a Facebook group, like you would probably have to write really long posts or like a customer, like essentially group exclusive content, you know? The thing, I just want to say one thing. The thing with Facebook groups is you can't actually sell them. You're not allowed to sell access to a Facebook group. Oh, so that's true. That's why you know a lot of these communities will do it on forums, and that's why with an Authority Hacker Pro, the way we frame it is that it's a uh, you know you buy Authority Hacker Pro and you get this for free. It's not like you're buying access to it in, in, in that sort of yeah. way. A lot of people frame it as like the support system, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As well, so it's another way to go for it. But essentially, yeah, it's like yeah, selling a community on its own anyway. It's very hard. So. I would usually recommend having some kind of a mini info product that goes with, sell it, and then, then you know, have people join that group, and that's going to form the base of your group. Now, you know, our groups are very valuable now, but it wasn't always the case. And when you're getting started, you know, who wants to pay to join an empty community, you know? One thing about that I would say is that if you're able to offer, like if you are something of like a personality in an industry or niche, and you know you're well known. You know you you already have like a decent site, decent email list, decent following. Then access to you, so just being able to you know ask questions back and forth, like simply like that, can actually be quite huge, huge value, and it can be a, a way to sort of get off the ground. Yeah, if you don't have that, it's gonna be very complicated. But I would recommend at least you know like you can literally do like a seven dollar info product, and that can be a twenty pages ebook. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't need to be big. To start that community but if you're going to be selling it i would probably just sell the ebook and make the community a bonus initially at least and then as the community gets bigger and more valuable then you make it more of a part of the sales process you know because otherwise it's very difficult to sell i do prefer paid communities though basically you get all the freebie seekers are out you know and you get only really engaged people i mean these people are really to trade money to just hang out with people that do that stuff they're really into it you know Mm -hmm. so yeah it's much higher quality so i i would say these are the, the best value essentially however if you're an affiliate marketer if you want to use that as a traffic source, as I mentioned earlier, probably a free community is the best. Just know that you're going to need to moderate, you're going to need to be careful of spam, and you're going to need to engage as well because a dead, a dead community is just not very useful. So mm-hmm. that's basically it. Now, obviously, we've teased that a lot, but there's basically two ways of you know, technically building your community. One being using Facebook groups, which is more and more popular. And you know, Facebook groups are pretty good these days. Or there are forums on your own site, like the old school way, essentially. And once again, there are pros and cons to every one of them. I personally, um, I mean, I I think to start Facebook is way easier, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're essentially part of people's newsfeed, so people don't have to log to a separate area to, you know, essentially have your content reach them. It reaches them through going on Facebook and as everyone knows, most people that are older than 15 are mostly addicted to Facebook. So um, it works really well, especially to start. And uh, as a result, you get a higher engagement. Also, the, just the like mechanism and, and everything, the notification on comments, etc., really builds high engagement on discussions and e- so on. Even little things like not having to sign up for it, make a username and password and bookmark the site and remember to visit it. You know, yeah. like you're already in Facebook, so you, you know it's it's already in front of you, depending on how the algorithm works. You know, <laughs> yeah, so I'm completely sold on at least at the start having a, a a facebook group i think these days it's very very difficult to start a community with unless you sort of have like a really big launcher you put a lot of promotion behind it to, to start a forum from scratch 
Yeah. Now, the issue with Facebook is probably like finding information on discussions that are not active right now, you know? Because mm-hmm. it kind of falls off, right? Just one thread yeah. and then it just goes down. Now, the search has gotten a lot better, to be honest. Like, I've, so I'm testing a bunch of like new tools for our tech setups recently, and most of them have Facebook groups at this point. Like, you know, Elementor, I've been checking uh, Active Member, I've been checking Thrivecart, I've been checking a bunch of tools, and basically all of them have like pretty active Facebook groups. And the search has been pretty good. Like, I was searching for tip- like specific integrations. Uh, say like Thrivecat with member mouse, etc. And I was just searching, searching like member mouse in the Thrivecat group, and I found a bunch of discussions, etc. So it's really not that bad anymore. It's not worse than the search on forum. So while the search function is not as put forward on Facebook, it got a lot better. One thing I would the say only- around that is uh, if you have a very large Facebook group, which is very active. You know, you're, I'm talking having sort of like 50 plus posts a day or even less than that. But stuff gets put down to the bottom very, very quickly. And, you know, yeah. Facebook's not really just because it displays most or all of the conversation and all of the comments to it. Uh, it's not really the best at, at navigating at that kind of level, I find as well. That's so one thing that was good on Google up. Plus, actually. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, let's go for it. I was just going to say, like, Facebook, uh, Google Plus communities had actually a way to categorize discussions inside your group, you know? Mm-hmm. I hope Facebook adds that eventually, because Facebook groups are actually booming these days, and they would win a lot by making them easier to, you know, filter things, etc. Yeah, so I, I mean, think. like, that, that's a good point. Like, initially, I think they were designed so a few people could get together and organize something or talk about football or so just, like something simple around France, but it's more it's becoming more and more a commercial thing these days. And they're you know, adding different group types. So if you're doing like a buy and sell group and there's like a special category for that and it gives all sorts of different features and unlocks things. So I think it's safe to say that they are it is probably something which is going to continue to develop over the next few years and I hope that some of these uh organization features will uh will, will come out. Yeah, Especially I mean, since like, they have this like, Facebook for business thing, which is kind of like a Slack competitor, but, but not quite. So maybe they can take some elements of that into it as well. It'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, in Hungary, the number one way to sell your used stuff is through Facebook groups. Yeah. So yeah. like there's, there's no eBay, there's no that. It's just Facebook. There, there is a there is a, a version of, of eBay. It's just so, so easy to, to do it on Facebook. Again, because you don't have to register. You don't have to figure it out. You know, yeah. it's just find the group, join it, write a message, done. Yeah, so that that essentially is Facebook groups. One thing that I don't like about them, though, is the sometimes you have very, very valuable discussions in forums, you know, like you, you have a discussion about, I don't know, like maybe some kind of uh, update to Google, etc. And you kind of want this to, you know, be visible at all times to anyone that comes to a forum. So you can pin this, right? You can pin conversation in Facebook groups, but you can only pin one at a time. So you can't really build a vault or an archive yeah. of highly valuable discussions. It's actually something I'm considering doing in HPro, like going through the group and linking to all these discussions and making a page on HPro, you know? Yep. That, because I mean, that, that, that's, that's a good idea. And I think I totally think we should do that. Just the fact that it's difficult to do that is a kind of negative thing though yeah exactly i wish i could just like 
have a star system, right? And it's like as the admin of the group, I would start a discussion. I would go into some kind of like best of section on the left, and you would just click it and get the best discussions. You know? Yeah. I mean, even that, I mean, it's possible, but even like finding being like finding the URL of the conversation in order to link to it, yeah. this is a hassle. You know, I you need to I, click on the time. It makes no sense. Yeah. Like I don't know why Facebook don't make that easier. Um, there's probably yeah, like sharing conversations. You know, like yeah. it doesn't make a lot of sense. But anyway, so. Especially like it, it, you get ongoing lively discussions for the stuff that's trending, but the stuff that's not kind of dies off. Kind of like what anything on Facebook essentially. Another danger is that you don't own that Facebook group, meaning that Facebook can say, yep, uh, you've done something bad on your group. We're closing it down. Goodbye. And it's done. You know, Obviously, if you have a paid product, you, you have the email of all these people, so you can reinvite them. But if it's a free group, then you're basically done. It's yeah. like building a Facebook page, essentially. Though that that does bring another good point. Like member management and user access control is like really a pain. They have yes. made it a little bit better recently. You know, up until I think it was a couple months ago. Up until anyone could just hit join, depending on the the settings you, you had. And that was it. But now you can actually have like questionnaires. So in Authority Hacker Pro, we ask people to like add their email address that they used to sign up with so we can make sure that they are actually members and things like that. So it's it's getting there, but it's still nowhere near as good as uh, as like the proper registration you have on something like vBulletin or uh, any other big forum softwares. And they're going back, actually. There used to be an API for groups, and they removed it, you know? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I don't know what the future... Uh, maybe they removed it to do something better in the future, you know? But, yeah, I wish I could, we could just program a way so that people sign up and, boom, they get invited to a group. Yeah. But that's not the case, and, and it's very complicated to... One sort of small workaround we have is we... So when someone logs into Authority Hacker Pro, there's a community button, and if you go there, there's a form you can fill in uh, and it instructs you to join the group, but also to enter your email there and you know enter your Facebook name there and stuff. So we kind of we're tracking it on the back end, so we know who to, who we can actually approve. But again, it's it's like a very uh, not a very smooth system, I'd say. Yeah, it's definitely not. It takes human inter- human interaction, so like there's a cost associated. So now let's talk about forums, right? So mm-hmm. forums, there are many ways to. You know, implement them, and there's a lot. Like this, what's the name? BB Press on WordPress, if you want. Yeah, I think there that's is, free, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Vbulletin, uh, you pay for. Yeah, Xeno for forum as well, something like this. It's it's pretty good. So you guys should check this out. I would say BB Press probably the easiest at this point initially, and a lot of um, if you're selling a paid product, a lot of membership plugins actually integrate with it and you know protect it and give access to certain forums based on what you bought, etc. So probably one of the best to get, and you can just start it in WordPress the way you want. The pros of forums is, well, they're more private. So like you own it and you have more control over who has access to stuff, etc. And some people that are very worried about Big Brother watching us, let's say, don't use Facebook. And so we do have a part of our audience that you know is very privacy concerned and does not want to use Facebook. And when we're like, well, join the Facebook group, they're like, ah, oh, not Facebook. So, so some people end up paying, creating like you know accounts with no photo, that kind of stuff, and like fake names and so on to join the the group. But it's not necessarily ideal. With a private forum, most people usually don't have any issue. They already gave you their contact details when they when they sign up. I guess for a free forum, it's a little bit different. 
just the organization of content is so much better. As I said, like a lot of the default from Facebook are essentially assets for the forums. So like the fact that you can build, a, you can pin topics and you can pin as much as you want. You can have a, maybe a better search. You can, you know, have threaded discussions. Uh, essentially, you can write bigger posts as well. I think the problem with Facebook is people are used to write, you know, 50 words posts. Whereas on forums, some people really go crazy and write like a thousand words post and there can be a lot more value in these. It's, it's not necessarily the best platform to do that on Facebook. There's not as much text formatting options, etc. You can't really put images, then text and images, then text. So you'll end up maybe getting like bigger posts with more data, with more info in forums. And that's that's a big pro for it. The only issue is that, well, to get access to this amazing information, you need to log in. You need to log in on a separate website. You need to take time away, et cetera, whereas people get lured in conversations on Facebook because it shows on there. And another big issue with forums, especially when they're public, is mostly when they're public, is spam, right? A lot of people have, you know, X-Rumor and all these good old great SEO tools that were specifically designed to spam forums to put backlinks in there. I remember the uh, first ever backlink I built, this was probably eight years ago, was using, was it like Paul and Angela's links or something? Uh, Oh, yeah. These people, they put out like a PDF, which had like a bunch of... Every month. Yeah, every month. It was a bunch of forums in it, which had do follow links and you could like there was like a step-by-step way how you signed up and how you make like a fake post with your link in it. So you have to, I mean, it's got, the technology's gotten much better and people are doing this with automated uh, scrapers and posting robots. So you really, it's like, it's a, it's a big deal to actually try and combat this stuff. And similar with things like hacking, like if you're using something, I forget which one it was, it may have been, v bulletin or there, there was another one php bb was that one um, yeah, I, yeah i think it was that one like there was some vulnerability in it and then just all of those forums got hacked um, it might have been another one i i, I can't remember exactly so you yeah, kind of I got mean, to deal with platforms phone platforms are not very well updated most of the time so. yeah and you you have to stay on top of that and make sure that they're always updated and you know deal with the tech side of thing you have hosting to consider integrations like if you're doing sort of member protected areas so you know it's it's doable and it's not like a super difficult thing it's just something else you got to take care of you know i will say though like for a big community like forums are better but you really just need to have like a beyond a critical mass. You need to have like a, a really big mass of people, like you know several thousand active people were posting, you know, regularly. Then I think it does work quite well. Yeah, I think you need to do the you know engagement work yourself as well. Like the, you know, Facebook would just show your threads. Whereas if I was running a forum and I wanted to keep it engaged, you know, every week I would send an email to every member to say, here's the, the most active threads or something. To bring them back, but it, it's a bunch of work. That plus the, you know, updating a forum or keeping it safe, etc., is so much harder than maintaining a WordPress website, right? Like it's not just click one button; it's updated. Very often, you need to like go and play with the files and all that stuff. It's it's not that it's super difficult. It's that it takes a lot of time, and it's just another thing you have to do. And yeah, <laughs> it's annoying. <laughs> so yeah, I do prefer Facebook groups as well. They're just a lot less work. They do 80% of the work in most cases, sometimes even more, and sometimes they're better. And so I prefer them personally. So now let's talk about 
how you actually build that community because that's that's all good to know if you want to make it paid, if you want to make it free, if you want to have it on a forum, on a Facebook group, etc. But how do you go about building um, a group? I guess it depends what you want to do, right? If you want to do a free one or a paid one. If I want to do a free one and I had money but not a lot of time, I mean money, some money, I like the idea and I'm playing with that a lot lately. So I guess that's kind of like the crunchy update on the stuff we do right now. I'm working on building Facebook pages so with a bunch of fans. And the idea is that now actually Facebook rolled out a function where you can link groups and pages together. So treat it kind of like as a funnel, you know, like you can actually buy likes through advertising that are related to your niche, to your page. And then you can, you know, post engaging content on your page so people like and engage, etc. And then you can actually promote your group on your page and kind of like boost that post so a lot of people join. Essentially, you get people to like your page, you get people to join your group. And then after that, when you have new content on your site, you can post that on both and people can actually go there. So that's kind of the free version of it, obviously. I like it and it's something that I'm testing right now, so I can't say if it's the best idea ever or if it's terrible. But the like part's definitely working very well. The rest I'm still slowly working on it i think though Um, for getting started initially like without too much of a budget or without a budget at all really is you know after you've obviously decided on what strategy you want to to want to go down and i think this is what we did with the authority hacker pro group is like just invited a bunch of our friends and like people who we kind of already knew in the community maybe people we'd done business with before or we'd met at meetups or in person somewhere or we worked with before who'd guys who had ordered guest posts from us in the past, things like that. Uh, and, you know, we were able to get a sort of, you know, at least get it going through that. And then simultaneously, we were sort of doing the, um, we, we launched Authority Hacker Pro. And I wouldn't say it was like a big launch. Like, you know, we, we have these <laughs> launch weeks now. It was more like of a, of a soft launch. But, you know, we sent a few emails out to our list about it uh, and used all the channels we, we had. We didn't have the podcast back then. But if we did, for sure, we would have taken advantage of, of that channel. We used our Facebook page. We mentioned it in a blog post we were doing at the time pop-ups on our um, page so you know we were able to get certain amount of people signing up for the 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 program and that helped us uh in the in the early stage and you know if you're if you're selling something which has access to your group as well you know having some kind of early bird pricing always always works well at least uh at least has for us in 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 our niche and yeah the early bird pricing is good like i mean it's like if you want to do a paid one, it's like you, as we said, it's hard to build a community from scratch. So, you know, making a time limited offer on like, you know, that $7 info product, like make it a dollar for like 48 hours, whatever. Like, it's not really about the money, it's more about starting the community mm-hmm. while putting a really small monetary barrier between people and that community. So you, you get rid of the freebie seekers. And that works really well, actually. You know, if you make a really low price front end, then you can also do some kind of one-click upsell, even if you don't have a second product, like sell some consulting with you or whatever for $100 or whatever. And some people will take it and you will actually make decent money. So I also think that when you're starting a community, if you want to essentially make it take off, you should basically have a content plan for it the same way you have it for your blog or whatever. You know, probably you'd post more personal updates there 
and you maybe you, you you do one a week or one or two a week or something like this maybe make some kind of small videos with your phone or whatever it is but essentially like add value initially because people they join a, you know it's like kind of when you arrive at a party and nobody's talking you know and people are kind of looking at each other yeah. it's weird so you need that you need that guy that just starts talking to everyone and starts the whole thing you know and you need to be that guy in your own community so i think having that plan initially it's super cool. Another thing that I, I haven't experimented with, but I definitely need to, is um, doing AMAs, you know? So not just with you, but with, like you can, in, when we say invite your friends and so on, mm-hmm. well, it's the kind of stuff that you can do. You can say, hey, for the next two hour, Justin from Empire Flipper is going to answer all your questions about buying and selling websites. And since it's a small community, there can be a lot of back and forth and so on. And that feels like high I like the idea. So yeah, we should, definitely should, should do that. Basically, is that a podcast or a brainstorm for the age group community? I don't. Know. <laughs> both, uh, really. <laughs> so, right, guys, uh, if, you, if you if anyone else has any ideas for the age group community, please uh, leave us a, a comment either in the community or in the comments of this podcast. I guess we can go to authorityhacker.com forward slash community podcast, and we'll put the show notes and stuff there. Yeah. So that's basically, I think, how you start a community. You either I mean, obviously, if you have another channel as well, right? If you have a lot of followers on Facebook, a lot of followers on Twitter, an email list, and you have a free community, then you can just blast these with a couple of promos and people will join initially. I guess you can ask people to invite their uh, interested friends, but obviously the quality of people will be lower if they're not directly interested in what you do. So sometimes it's not it's better to not go for the biggest community, but rather for the higher quality. So... Yeah, that's basically how you do it, depending on whether you do free or paid. Now, maintaining a community is definitely something that we've been tested on in the last few weeks. I mean, in some bad ways, mostly in good ways, though. But, like, as our groups grow, et cetera, like, you know, different sensibilities express and making them live together is often a challenge. And also, you need to essentially have treat everyone fairly and equally, otherwise it feels like a bit like a dictatorship so it is pretty complicated one i'm gonna start I mean, actually with it, a, it is a dictatorship at the end of the day it's not yeah it is but it needs to, it needs to feel yeah. good you know yeah if it doesn't feel good people are people are like not happy and it's it, it can quickly turn back against the group admins as well and actually it's something that almost happened on h pro like i mean not like everyone turned back but like happened on h pro like maybe a week and a half ago something like that so there was a discussion about some kind of technique that could turn spammy and i don't really want to support that so i deleted the thread and i messaged the guy that started it explained to him and he was cool with it it's like yeah i understand the worries except someone that was part of the discussion below before i deleted the thread just started posting on how the overlords of that group uh (laughs) took over and there was no freedom of speech in that group and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, despite trying to have an, a civilized discussion with that person, it turned out pretty sour. So, yeah, even though this guy was a customer, I kind of had to, well, either lose, like either look like an idiot in front of the whole community or kick him out and refund him essentially because I didn't think I wanted to him around. So that's what I ended up doing. And also that's usually when you start establishing rules, which you will need eventually, especially when, when, as we, you, when we started, the only rules we had were basically 
don't promote, yeah. don't promote stuff like uh, you know make it spammy without asking us was one and the other is just you know use your common sense like don't be a douche and you know that serves its purpose when you when you have you know uh, a couple hundred people maybe in the group but inevitably as you get bigger and bigger and especially if your group's focused around like a single interest so ours is online marketing but you know we have people from all walks of life from all different countries with all sorts of different political religious and other kinds of views in there that's not why they're there because of those views they're there because of internet marketing at least i hope so so when issues come up i mean the the most the one that sticks in my mind the most was the recent us election like when donald trump won and it was they, they found out they won there was like a thread in there and it didn't i mean no everyone was being relatively nice still but I could just see that that's the kind of thing that was starting to, yeah. you know, wind people up and getting a bit kind of uh, antagonistic. So we removed it. So we basically kind of essentially banned like talks about, you know, to politics and religion and these kinds of, you know, hot topics. Just because, you know, our group's not not really about that. You know, we're not really experts on it on these these things. We're not here to police it. And there are, there are plenty of other places you can go to to discuss those things so we we try and keep it on topic which is i think people appreciate as well yeah uh, it's just like there's always going to be that group of users that are for like absolute freedom of speech you know yeah where you can say absolutely anything no matter how controversial it is or how unrelated it is yeah like in the youtube comments and, yeah and there's going to be that group of people well that are here for the curation you provide right that's why they come to your community because then they don't waste their time somewhere else with the stuff that doesn't work or with the the topics that are not interested. And these people are for moderation. So, uh, you know, the same way people will have different political views, like they also have different views of moderation. And as, you know, variety of situation pans out, like the one I described earlier, like there's going to be two groups forming. And it's it's. I think the one thing that I've learned from that is always being open about your decisions and kind of like after there's been a heavy moderation posting about it on the group, like mm-hmm. and explaining why you did things and maybe start a discussion on like what should be done, was it the best way, is there another way, etc. I think that's the best way to address that in the sense that if you have a logical argument, in most places, obviously, some in some places people are less logical than I guess in our groups. But uh, as long as you have like a good reason to back up why you're doing things then like most people will be okay with it even if it wasn't the right decision even if you made a mistake if you also ask people what they think they'll be a lot happier with you doing something differently from what they think initially provided that you take into account their feedback after i think as well you know you can usually sort of see if there are some like bad apples in there initially how it's how it's going to go if people start sort of attacking each other and getting kind of kind of personal then uh you know that's probably another another signal to to take action on on something like that as well just because you know if if that's happening on a regular basis i mean it's going to stop a lot of people from contributing or being part of it just because they don't want to deal with that you know yeah so i think i think we can slowly wrap up that topic saying that Communities are great. I would probably not necessarily start one on stage one authority sites, but starting stage two, you know, when it comes to like building audiences, that's definitely an activity that is part of building audiences. 
And they, it kind of synergizes with building an email list, building a Facebook page, building social media following, etc. It's almost like the level up, you know, like for the most engaged people in these channels, then invite them to your community. And then they can, you know, contribute content, talk to each other, essentially, you know, gravitate around your brand, which is quite powerful. Then that traffic can be used as a warm traffic source for affiliate marketing or as kind of like a warm up for selling your own stuff, essentially. And and also to promote your content, obviously, as I said, warm source of traffic. Maintaining can be a bit of work, especially free ones. I would say, the more people you have, the more challenging it is. So, the free ones will have more people, so they will be more challenging. That's why we kind of like the paid ones. It also you know makes your time, you know, more seem more valuable. Like it, it markets it as being more valuable. And to start one, well, if you want to do a free one, I'd say either use your existing audiences and invite people, then, you know, Facebook does its job. You can associate keywords to communities and so on, and it will, like, recommend it to people that seem to be likely to want to join, etc. So it will grow over time. You know, one thing that I know Stuart does for niche hacks is he puts the link in the footer of every email. So that's not a bad idea. Otherwise, if you have zero audience, then I like to... Build Facebook pages, which I'm starting to do. We'll write more blog posts as we're more mature on that. And then essentially associate a group with that, promote that between posts, get people to join in. And then as you grow, once again, Facebook's going to do the rest. For the paid ones, I would recommend you have some kind of product that goes with it because selling a community is complicated. Start with an early bird discount, like a deep discount initially to start your community from scratch. Invite your friends and the people you know in the industry and then, well, good luck for the moderation after that. So I think that's basically that topic, but I know we have a question, a listener question. Yeah, so uh, we're, we're back on these. If you, if you guys want to ask us a question about <laughs> online marketing or anything else, really, we'll try and answer one at the end of every podcast, and sometimes we do entire podcast episodes uh, just, just on these questions. So uh, you can go on over to authorityhacker.com forward slash ask and submit your question either by text or in this week we uh we have a, a voice one so we use SpeakPipe to to do that so you can just hit the record button and uh hopefully you have a good quality microphone and you can just ask us a question and we'll play it out and read it out so let's play uh today's one hey guys it's ban from chatbottutorial.com to ensure my uh, quality i decided not to outsource content writing and my topic is also quite new where I do outsource is, for example, creating transcription of my podcast episodes so I can post them like you do. But I'm questioning the value of this for my audience and for SEO purposes. It rarely happens for me that uh, I search something on Google and uh, the results are podcast articles. So I was thinking that I could allocate the money spent on transcription for other things like hiring an editor or even a quality content writer so i can produce more what are your thoughts and experiences on that thank you okay so balance from chatbot tutorial essentially a site talking about like facebook chatbots and stuff like that which is quite a, a, a new space quite kind of interesting actually so it's basically asking how valuable are podcast transcriptions in the in the grand scheme of things and if he has limited resources is it worth doing it or is the money better spent elsewhere so i mean we've been doing transcriptions on most not all but most uh, authority hacker podcasts for a while do you know how well they've been doing or what's your what's your take on that not very well to be honest i mean it's it's helping a bit 
but it's not massive. But the reason why I kind of pushed to like get them back is not just for the SEO traffic, etc., but mostly because a lot of our readers don't want to listen to podcasts. And also, we actually have um, we have people that can't hear very well that I want to have the information in the podcast, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've received several emails of people that you know could not listen to it properly. And so, as you know, it's kind of like a, as an effort to put everyone on the same level. Having these transcripts has uh, been very useful, actually, you know. And um, I don't receive these complaints anymore since we have that. So, is that the first thing you need to do when you're just starting out? No, I don't think so. And we didn't actually for a long time. We didn't have transcripts. It was only like in the last six months or so, seven it's months, this, that we yeah, really yeah. started doing them properly and catching up on them. So that I mean, I think we were at sort of two hundred thousand downloads before we started doing them. That yeah, but one idea. thing as well to consider is he's putting that in comparison with hiring a writer and hiring an editor, right? Yes. And these don't cost the same price. So a transcript. How much do we pay? Like a dollar a minute? Not even, I think, you know? Whereas an editor or writer, they tend to be a lot more expensive, right? So the question is, how much extra traffic per dollar spent will you get? You know, like you can, for the price of an article, you can get three transcripts, essentially, you know? Three or four. So even if a podcast transcript is performing like half as well as an article, then it's still better investment, you know? Yeah, but I don't think it does perform half as well as an article. Yeah, but there may be many reasons why, but maybe it's also our formatting, etc. Like the blog posts tend to be a lot more polished, etc. Yeah, so, something we um, have done recently is is improve our show notes a lot. Uh, and the pure sim- reason for that is because you and I haven't had to do them anymore. We, like we've actually hired people yeah. to help us with that. And so that, it kind of, it's not a full transcript, but it, it's kind of like the the summary, the Cliff Notes version of what's what's in the podcast. And that can be quite useful, I find, when people are going back to check something they've been through before. They want to, rather than having to re-listen to us blabber on for, you know, 45 minutes or whatever, they can just sort of get the summary there and remember it. That's also an option as well. Might might not necessarily take as long as getting the transcripts done or be as expensive, depending on your, your content. And it, uh, yeah. you know, if you're doing it anyway to give links and screenshots and other stuff, then maybe you can just make that a little bit better, and that can that can be an option as well. Yeah, to be honest, like I mean, I I would need to check the website, but what you need to find is you need to find the thing that will probably get you the most reach at the beginning. Like, but since you know, podcasts are a little bit different in the sense that if you want to get rich, you need to get the reviews on iTunes. And you need to get like the star ratings, you know. And so, I mean, one of the solutions that we've used, and you've probably seen that if you listen to the podcast, and that's probably going to play at the end of that podcast, is uh, we offer a, a really a mini course on affiliate marketing to people that actually review our podcast. So maybe putting resources towards that will help you get more audience and more real podcast listener because you know people find you on iTunes where you listen to podcasts rather than Google where you don't necessarily listen to podcasts doing that so maybe putting resources towards that would be the best way to grow your podcast audience the show notes i think like i see a lot of people literally just doing bullet points of what they talk about and like you know mention links and that's it and it works pretty well like i'm looking right now at our analytics and uh literally in the top 50 pages on atari hacker none of them is a podcast right so 
once again, it's more of a public service slash accessibility to everyone when we release this podcast that we do that than like amazing SEO benefits. Now, maybe when the site authority of Atari Hacker is a bit higher, maybe it's going to lift up a bit higher. But I know that we've been targeting keywords on these pages and hasn't worked very well. So probably you can do something better with that money and just do quick show notes yourself. So that's my answer. All right. I think we'll uh, wrap it up there then. All right, cool. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you next week this time, promise. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.